the same time. So I uh, hope everybody doing well here on this Wednesday. Got a, a full studio, the regular Wednesday grouping here in the studio. Bill, Dan, Dan, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com is with us again on this Wednesday. JC, how you doing? Doing good. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, it, it looks much colder now that the sun is has gone back out again. Started out, started again. out pretty nice. Yeah, today. and uh, pretty quickly once the uh, sun went behind the clouds, it cooled off a little bit. And I guess right now is the high for tomorrow. So uh, as cool as it is right now, this is about where we're going tomorrow and Saturday. Going to be in. I mean, another cool one. Hopefully, it's not like it was last Saturday night. Uh, uh, it, it, it wasn't cool last Saturday it night. Cold. It was cold. And the espe- wind. Especially for those on the east side. Um, you can see that east side upper deck emptying out. It, it was coming from about Mama Goldberg's to about the student section, kind of that angle. And you saw you would much rather have oh, wind dude. blowing in your face or right behind your back. You saw what a cross-cut wind does to mm-hmm. a passing game Saturday oh, for both teams. Yeah. It was brutal. I mean, it was a rough quarterback night for 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 both guys and for both teams involved, and um, you know, kicking game, uh, everything. Uh, it was a uh, it was a really difficult wind on Saturday. Night. And that's the value of getting the perspective of someone who was on the field on Saturday night, like you were, because we haven't heard the wind discussed too much as, as oh, one of the was, reasons it was that a the quarterback struggled. It but, was a rough yeah. wind night. I mean, you saw you can man, see the flag, the the American flag yeah. in, throughout the game. Is you know directly in the line of sight from the press box, and that thing was—I mean, that thing was waving. Yeah, like, think about I, the last kickoff. Yeah, the last kickoff that Auburn kicked into the wind. You know, his previous kickoffs downwind were all in the end zone. The one, the one kind of into that cross-cutting wind in the fourth quarter went about to the twenty-five yard line. I mean, that's how that's how strong it was up top, and that's why you heard Cadillac say, "Look, we we knew we we're going to get to the twenty-five to have a shot to kick a field goal in the fourth quarter. Downwind, they were talking about the 38. I mean, you're talking about – I mean, that's a huge difference in, in in what you feel comfortable with for a field goal. But that's kind of where they were, and that's where the wind was. And you're right. You couldn't really tell. Even the goalposts, like the flags on the goalposts weren't moving a ton. But you saw it even when the ball got up in the air just a little bit. It, it was a completely different game. And trying to throw passes, I mean – Heck, that, that third quarter for – I mean, Auburn's defense deserves a ton of credit. But you saw the difficulty in trying to move the ball and try to throw it. Auburn had some success going into the win but because they could run the football. Um, there wasn't much success throwing the football really any direction. Texas A&M had some late there when Auburn kind of played soft, but that was pretty much it. Uh, we, we are talking with Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Love talking with Jason uh, when we can. You can join the conversation, 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They also sponsor our number one of the show. You can text the show, 334-564-1840. That's the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can listen to however you listen to podcasts. Jason, uh, before we move on to a lot of the other stuff swirling about in the Auburn uh, sports uh, universe, and, and there's also uh, basketball from last night, women's basketball tonight, former coach uh, coming back to uh, uh, to Auburn uh, tonight leading uh, leading Georgia Tech, so we can talk about that uh, if, if, there's, uh, if there's time towards the end. But I'd love to get your thoughts on sort of what, what really stood out to you about this past Saturday night? You know, it's a really it's a it's a game that's probably going to go down in sort of the lore 
uh, we were we were talking earlier in the week. Uh, was it the the definitive end of sort of an era? Was it the beginning of whatever's next for Auburn, regardless of who's coaching in uh, in twenty twenty three? But yeah, just just sort of your thoughts on what you think you'll remember the most, or what stands out to you the most looking back on this past Saturday night. Yeah, you know, you know, obviously getting a win was was really important, but. You know, Cadillac talked about it, and it was probably a thing for me because I am on the field. Because I'm on the field, I got to see 35 or 40 former players probably. Got a lot of, some guys I hadn't seen in a while that came back. Guys drove from Texas to be back. And it, it's that that probably jumps out to me more than anything. And it, it wasn't – and I think people – now, obviously for the players, hey, when you, when you win a game and you've gone through what they went through, yeah, you deserve to celebrate. I mean, I, I, that's part of it. You deserve to celebrate a, a game like that in, in what they've had to endure this season for the fans and for the former players and for the program itself. It was a, it was a winning Saturday in every aspect. You know, we talked about it before the game. Like, that was going to be a, a recruiting tool sa- Saturday night for Auburn. No matter who the next football coach is, no matter what happens down the road, in 2023, 2024, and beyond, um, that was going to be a recruiting tool. And that's what stands out to me was, man, for two, three, and six teams to have that kind of atmosphere, um, to have that kind of atmosphere before the game, it it was, I thought, a uh, a really positive and a huge momentum for Auburn football here moving forward. Hey, Jason, I, I felt, I said it yesterday, I felt like it was like a four, the best four-hour commercial you could have ever produced for Auburn football, Auburn athletics, just Auburn. I agree. And uh, for, the, for, the, for the Auburn folks who always complain about Auburn not getting any respect, um, I think you had to see Saturday what, what happened. Like Auburn – Got the utmost respect. Mm-hmm. You couldn't. You couldn't ask for anything more. You're right. From pregame, postgame, interviewing Cadillac, um, showing the celebration. You, you could not ask for anything more for for Auburn, for the university. For, you could couldn't ask for anything more. And um, I think it was. You're right. It was. It was as good a recruiting tool for the folks who weren't there as anything you could possibly have. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Just getting underway here on the Wednesday edition of the Drive. Auburn basketball last night back in action. The uh, Auburn debut of Chance Westry and the the really coming out party for Janai Broom as a Tiger. Uh, very impressive last night for the big man in just twenty minutes. In just twenty minutes. That's the thing. Yeah. Eighteen thirteen and five is a great night. But that's in 20 minutes he put up those numbers. Yeah, and here's the thing that uh, I want people to understand. <clears throat> you know, obviously, Chance Westry's not 100%. And so he's a guy that's just going to knock the rust off. He's, Janai Broom's not 100% either. Right. Like, he's a guy that has a lot more lift than that. He's not playing above the rim right now. Now, he's still doing those things because he can score. and he's, he's, fit. he's a guy that is much more athletic than he has shown to this point in the season because of that ankle. As he gets healthy, it's going to unlock a different part of his game that people have not seen before. You add that to the equation, I think he's a guy that and it's it's a different team. It is. I thought Wendell Green Jr., it's really all three games, he has played in control and really good basketball for this team. Um, 
not forcing things, letting the offense come to him. Thought he did a good job of that last night. I like Trey Donaldson a bunch. I think Trey Donaldson is going to be really good. Chance Westry is different than anybody else they got on the team, in my opinion. You saw it last night just a, just a couple of times. He is the Marquise Daniels kind of guy for this team. Marquise was a guy that was a mid-range guy. Now, Chance can shoot it, but he will penetrate and mm-hmm. pull up. And, and But the other thing he does, too, is he made a couple of really good passes. Like, you can see that point guard in him uh, where he's going to get the guys involved. He's not afraid to, to get in there and dish. And, you know, a couple of really good ones. I think he is a really big part of things moving forward for this team, as, especially as he starts to get healthy. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, the basketball game last night, I, I was struck by the fast start in, in contrast to some of the first uh, the, the first few games this team had played uh, this season, and it seemed like the guards were really uh, were really taking charge. I mean, Wendell, I mean, it's, it's you, you wonder how much more improvement you're going to see from Wendell or Zepp or KD because they've played so much college basketball. But at the same time, all of them are in year two of the Bruce Pearl system, and we've seen guards get better uh, in in year two, uh, is there is there anything? I'd say more. Last night it was Wendell and and KD, but but was there anything that really? I mean, so far, what have you seen from the guards uh, this season? Uh, la- last night and and the other the other games. Included? Yeah, I, I think you know I thought early on in the first game, uh, a couple of and I won't say forced shots, but I think it's like especially early. I think okay, you can get a better shot than that. And I thought last night they were like okay, I can heave this one up. But let's get a better shot, and I think that's part of the mature. If they can continue to do those things, then it then it changes the game. But I thought they thought they had a more concerted effort to get the ball in the paint last night. Um, you know, they, and the three point shots felt like they were a little more in rhythm that, too. Right? And that's was, part of yeah. it. I think that's that's the part of the that where you go. Hey, just because you're open five seconds into the shot clock doesn't mean <clears throat> that's a good shot. Now for for Bryce Brown and Jared Harper, yeah, those are good shots. Right now, for this team, and in my mind, there's nobody right now that this is a good shot for, unless you get a guy that starts knocking them all down. You go, hey, you get it right now, you're hot, keep shooting it. I think that you're right. More in rhythm, more inside out basketball with Broom and, and, you know, Dylan Carwell's a guy that is is active inside doing some things. And obviously, Jalen Williams. I thought Jalen was more aggressive last night. Um, And, you know, probably to a fault. I think he's got to be somewhere in in the happy medium, but. I think it's good to see him a little bit more selfish in in terms of trying to score some too. So, um, all in all, I I, I was extremely impressed because when I saw that team walk on the court and saw them in warmups, I went, "This is the kind of basketball team that gives somebody trouble." They're quick, and I mean, they they did not give Auburn trouble um, because it is hard. You, uh, it's not even hard. It's impossible to simulate what you're going to get from Auburn's defense. You can't do it. You cannot simulate that in practice. Uh, you can't you can't simulate Wendell Green and and KD and Alan Flanagan and Chris Moore uh, on and on the ball pressure those guys put on. And, and then if they start hitting their shots and they can build a lead, you know, the, then it but then it yeah. creates havoc. And we saw that last night. That pressure intensified as the energy built in the building. And it wasn't it wasn't a sellout because of a six o'clock start on a you know, Tuesday night. It wasn't packed. You, this team gets to SEC play, and that defense ramps up. And you get these guys healthier. Still going to need to knock down shots, but man, it's going to be hard to beat this team in that arena for sure. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'd love for you to join in. Uh, did you get all the all the yeah, business absolutely. taken care of? Yeah, sorry about that. I had to step out for a sec. 
So we will, uh, let's go ahead and get to our first break of the afternoon. Love for you to join in as we're just underway here on this Wednesday edition of The Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com here in the studio. Drew at the controls. We'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, Western Kentucky this Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. And, Jason, I mean, I know a lot of people are just looking past this and uh, excited about, you know, can can Auburn uh, compete up in Tuscaloosa in a week and a half. But Auburn better not look past this week. Western Kentucky... I think is is not as good a matchup as Texas A and M was. They're not as talented as A and M, but they may be a tougher team to beat. Well, offensively, they're gonna they're gonna have more of a threat. Yeah, uh, throwing the football when you look at what they do, um, throw it a ton. They got four legit wide receivers. I mean, they got guys that are playmakers outside, and most of those guys are transfers that have have done things and are experienced. Uh, quarterback is a guy that won a national championship at West Florida uh, four years ago in twenty in twenty nineteen. So this guy's an older, experienced player. The interesting thing about this game, and I just finished the the defensive preview, they lead the nation in forced turnovers thirty. I did not realize they that. have forced thirty turnovers this year in eleven games, seventeen interceptions, and that's something that Auburn's still looking to try to you know get on Correct. the right side. Correct. They've got twenty seven sacks. Um, Give up twenty one points a game, which is you know in the thirties these days. That I mean, ain't bad. I mean, like to to do that with the combination of what they do on offense is pretty darn good. So this is a team they'll come after you as three four. We know what three, history of three four defenses are, which means more blitzing. And their linebacker, one of their linebackers, is six two two fifty and leads them with seven and a half sacks. So my guess is they got a big group of linebackers, not great up front. Here we go once again, going okay, all right. Six or seven guys in there, Robbie Ashford. Those guys are going to have sooner or later. You got to make some plays in the passing mm-hmm. game, and um, you know that's going to be the case next week. You know you're going to have to make plays eventually in the passing game, um, no matter what happens with this offense. You know, for Auburn, you still got to run the football, no question about that. But yeah, this is a an interesting game because it's just not, it's just not. Oh, West Kentucky. They might score sixty, but they may give up fifty. It doesn't feel like that going into Saturday. Just because of Auburn's offense as much as anything. And I think that uh, they're, they're going to come in a lot looser probably than A&M was last week. I mean, oh, what, what do they got to lose where A&M was, you know, trying to stop that five-game losing streak, and you know there's some things going on there in the uh, in the locker room and, uh, and because you, of guys that we didn't yeah, see. Yeah, and you could already, and, and it, it was something I thought would be possible maybe had Alabama lost to Ole Miss last weekend. You might get to the possibility of a guy's going – yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, A&M was there. You could sense it. Mm-hmm. I could feel it from being on the field before the game. The coaches wouldn't say it, but I got a chance to talk to a couple of guys that I know, and you could sense that, man, th- this season's been a, a disaster. And they, hey man, once it starts going that way, it's really it's and, it's it's almost impossible to turn it around. Well, and the difference for Auburn is, is that. I mean, they, those guys went in expecting to, to win nine or ten games because you always do as a player. 
but they weren't picked to be there. So the pressure wasn't there. A&M was picked to be there. The pressure was there. Everything, all these pre- predictions and put up on the pedestal and to see it go like it's gone, it makes it even worse. And they they've been preseason number six two years in a row, it's a, it's, and they're and they're what eleven and twelve yes. over the lo- um, those two years. That and here's the, when here's the thing about that team. I'll say this: they got a lot of really good young players. Yeah, they do. If they can figure it out on offense, if they can keep those guys, if they can keep them, and they can figure it out on offense, they got a chance to be really good. But you just don't know what's going to happen um, because you know we, we talked about it before. You know, and I, I think I said it last week. I said. To be a contender week in and week out in this league, you have to recruit at a very high level. But recruiting at a high level doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a contender every mm-hmm. week, every year. That's what we're seeing at A and M. And and well, it's the old metaphor about buying the groceries and cooking the meal, right? Like buying the gro- I mean, having the best, having the best ingredients. You're not going to have a great meal if you don't have the groceries. Yeah, but having the best ingredients doesn't, doesn't guarantee, doesn't guarantee doesn't the meal. The <laughs> you got to know what to do with it. And and with uh, with with Texas A and M, what is what's the Masin Muhammad thing? There's no way it's it is a guy sleep? not wearing sleeves. It's, yeah. it, it, it's, it's got to be something more than no that. No kidding. Um, I don't know. And it, you know, once it happened, I went um. Interesting, but no, that 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 is more of a symptom of a program that has issues, in my mm-hmm. opinion. When yeah. you start seeing stuff like that, that when I that's when I start going, whew, And there's some unhappy guys, and and they're trying to find a way to give a reason why something happened. I don't know, but yeah, it doesn't feel like that's that's the whole truth. And you know, I t- I talked to a couple of folks that feel Jimbo uh, has got. He's got the leverage because of the amount of his buyout that he doesn't want to give easily to, sure, I'm going to hire a, no, a play caller. No, what are you going to do? Say, okay, fire me. Yeah. Fire me and pay me $86 million or whatever it is. I'll turn around and get a job at maybe West Virginia. West Virginia Because is, it, look, is what it I'm sure thinking. looks yeah. like that's going to be open. As soon as they, they fire DAD, it sure looks like that's going to be the next step for them. And if you're Jimbo, you go, no, no, well, you don't want me here? I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, just imagine. I, I can put $85 million in the bank and go and home. And go make 50 more. Yeah. How about that? Oh, pay me 85 and okay, I'll go and coach. Give me a six-year, you know, seven-year, $50 million deal and yeah. go back home to West Virginia. Oh, he's got options. I mean, if he if, if they don't want him. He does. Him, I mean, he's got the want, leverage right yeah, now. If they don't want him anymore, he's got options. You know, he, he could take... Yeah, any any number of the jobs available that would look at Jimbo Fisher as an upgrade. Oh, there, it's there, and there are plenty. Virginia there are plenty, Oregon. despite you know how much uh, you know fun has been made at his expense. There are plenty of schools that would love to have the opportunity to get him at what appears to be a cut rate, um, and and that sort of leads into you know Jason. I've also we've heard a little. And, man, I mean, it's all over everywhere now. It's funny how the tone almost has changed from, well, I'm not sure if Auburn's really serious about winning because they, they're not putting their, their money where their mouth is. Now it seems like some of those same people are going, you can't pay somebody that much. I mean, it's, I feel like some of the same people are like, you're talking about paying $10 million to a coach? You're insane. We've got to get a coach for cheaper than that. I don't know that you do. Now, I don't know that you can now if you want as as close as you can to a sure thing. Well, and, and here's here's this is where you are. I mean, you look and you go, 
you can hire an assistant coach and give him that opportunity. And, and maybe things will be – maybe and, it'll be great. And, 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 and here's the thing. There's no guarantee that hiring a guy for that much money is going to guarantee nope. that, that you're going to win and win big either. But it, it almost feels like right now in this situation, the new building – Everything that's going on in this right, league. and the the seeming uh, coming together of, of of a lot of of the the, the power brokers, if you okay, will. Okay, here and here's here's the one. Going back forever. What's the what's the biggest football hire in terms of national field that Auburn has ever made? Yeah, not in our lifetime. I mean, um, I mean, in, in, it, in it, football? maybe, in maybe, football. maybe, maybe it was a hundred years ago. But I mean, Poach and Tuberville. Might, might, I mean, and, as, and, I mean, and as, that, as a sitting SEC head but, coach, but but right? he I mean, was, but he was a guy that had been a head coach for five years and, and had a five hundred record at Ole Miss. Yeah, the biggest. Uh, I mean, Pat died, been a head coach at East Carolina, and one year at Wyoming. Um, Chizik was an assistant. Gus, one year. You know, pro- Brian, Brian, Brian Harson probably is, is the highest is, profile coach that Auburn from a, has, has from hired. a college football. Yes, that's standpoint. right. It's interesting. I mean, Ch- Chiswick and Chiswick and Tuberville would have had the their sitting power conference head coaches choosing to leave for Auburn. Harson was your most decorated group of five coach, perhaps. But he was the winningest coach that Auburn Certainly. has ever hi- had hired, has hired in, in the modern era, for sure. Right. It, it's it's an interesting sort but, of argument as to who had the most impressive. Right. I mean, you look at the last five Auburn head coaches Correct. who had Head, the most impressive head, resume. Heading into this job. The day they got the job. Yeah. You know, there, there's a... And, but I said the other day, uh, Jason, and I'd love your thoughts on this, I feel like this is a time where uh, the, the, uh, the backing is ready for Auburn to swing for the fences, yes, and, uh, and of course, John Cohen's a baseball guy. Yes, I mean, and so it makes sense. And a lot of times, over the over the years, we've heard different schools and fan bases, you know, dreaming of this big name, that big name. But after we saw Brian Kelly go to LSU a year ago, I think Auburn's in better shape right now than LSU was a year ago when they hired Brian Kelly. Yeah, at least you're at least on equal footing. Um, when you look at it, and people talking about the roster. Well, LSU had thirty-seven. No, I'm players. talking about financially I'm, I'm, and everything. I'm talking about every. Yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah. Every, I'm talking about everything because people go, well, look at the roster. All sure. Well, LSU had thirty-seven players playing a bowl game last year, mm-hmm. and and here they are going to Atlanta and winning the West. Um, so you start talking about every yeah, everything in place. That's the interesting one. Is is that Brian Kelly? Because all of a sudden you look and go. There's, that never happened. It, that wasn't a that wasn't an option, and now it's an option. And, and the draw of the Southeastern Conference, the draw of potentially what happens, the decline seemingly of other conferences, where you start to look yeah. at it going, man, how much SEC how, and Big Ten. Other than that, it's like there's how, no guarantees. How much um, for am I going to have potentially to win a national championship somewhere right. else? How about this? Is my school going to be in position to pay me market value in a couple of years? Because of that. If I'm in the ACC or the Big 12 or the Pac-12 yeah. and, and, and there's and, a gigantic and, difference. And everything feels oh, yeah. like it's in as good a position as, as Auburn's been in forever. And, you know, the fans that are, that are concerned about paying $10 million or more to a coach. Look at the money that the SEC is distribu- distributing to its own teams every year. You're talking, you know, having to use 20% of that on on a football coach. Well, is all. The- I mean, you know, it's gone from, um, I mean, it, it's tripled, more than tripled just over the last decade, the money 
that the Southeastern Conference distributes to its teams. And, and that's not all the money that everybody gets. So, I mean, the resources are there. Well, here's the thing. You hear it all the time. Um, when, when people at the University of Alabama say, look, the biggest bargain they've, got, they've ever had is paying Nick Saban X amount of money because of the money that has been brought in to right. the university for everything else. And look, not coincidentally, I mean, Greg Byrne gets a lot of credit. Look at the rest of those athletic programs over the course of the last 10 years. What are the, every one of the, I mean, we haven't seen baseball take off, but you look at I mean, soccer and, and tennis and swimming. And, like, all those programs are better because they're making a lot of money on football. That's right. And they're spending a lot, but they're also, I mean. Oh, the, the revenue they brought in is just astronomical. And, and that's it. And you go, get, you go get the right guy right now. And the same things happen at Auburn. It won't be to that level because I don't know that anybody ever reaches that level again in our lifetime. Of course, we're going to watch out for Georgia. But you, you get there pretty quick, and all of a sudden it changes things in a hurry. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Another segment with Jason Caldwell. Yellowhammer, hang on. You're up first when we come back here on the Wednesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell with us for one more segment. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Yellowhammer is up first. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. So I had an I wonder moment here about recruiting. You know, over at Georgia there, they are where they are at after five years of top five recruiting in a row. Uh, meanwhile, out of Texas A&M, they had the number one class last year. But that's just number one. And I'm just wondering. Well, they, they've had very good classes, though, ever since Jimbo's been there. They, I, I guarantee you, their average is uh, in the top, well, in the top ten, probably in the top six over the last four years. Okay, well, then they really are underperforming. Yes, they I, are. <laughs> I was just thinking that that one last year might be enough of a thread to save Jimbo, but. Uh, I, well, it, I it might, I don't know, and it might end up being. I mean, the recruiting, if Jimbo Fisher has anything going for him, it would be the way things are going on the recruiting trail. We appreciate the phone call, Yellowhammer. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 and, and that sort of bleeds into a conversation about, you know, where Auburn yeah, may go uh, because yeah. recruiting is such an important part of the, you know, of, of, of the, the narrative for, for Auburn's next coach. They were four, six, and eight before and number one. And one. Yeah. So they were, average was six going into that. Their their thing so that, so that means they're a top five team over the la, average over the last four years correct and and they and, and and here they are three and, and six here's here but here's here's the difference and I and it for me it's a, for me it's a huge difference watch Georgia and watch Alabama the number of young guys they played and then A and M's having to play them this year right but those guys are starting mm-hmm. how many of those guys were playing key roles the last couple of years you start losing your juniors. A lot of your juniors to the NFL, which A and M has done, um, and then you develops, but you're not developing the next guys. And the other thing is, it's just offense. As Nick Saban realized a decade ago, you cannot sustain it 
unless you're dynamic on offense. You have to score these days. You got to. I and, mean, and, that's and, just and the and way A&M it is. Still playing, I mean, A&M still playing football like it's 2005. Yep. And it, it, it just doesn't translate right now. There's, there's four different coaches I want to ask you about whose names have come up in the last couple of days on the show. We'll get to James first because he's, he's hanging on. What's up, James? So what's the latest, guys? What do we what do we think's going on? I don't think I anything's changed. A lot of noise, but I don't know what yeah. to believe. So. Yeah, and, and 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 that's that's one of the things we were talking about a few minutes ago, James. I mean, uh, many times in the past, uh, the names you hear uh, look in other directions. I'm not sure that's the case this time because I think Auburn has more direction right now. But we're not getting it's not coming from John Cohen. Yeah, it's that, coming from everything other people. Everything you're getting right now is from the agent side of things. Right. And they tell you, they tell people what they want them to hear. Right. Um, do I think a lot of the names involved are people that Auburn has talked to representatives of? Yeah, I'm sure, because I, I think Auburn is going to talk to a lot of folks. I, I think they're still talking to people. Um, don't believe there's been an offer. I don't believe that anybody's turned the job down. I, I, I do think, though, Jason, that I, I think I think John Cohen has an idea what it would take to get correct. Correct. Yeah, you're you're someone at, or two. Yeah, you're so you're at that point where you're talking about, hey, for you, for this guy, what's it going to take? What's it going to take here? I think I think after Saturday, you start to really get down. I, I just don't. Well, think, I think during Thanksgiving week is well, when. I mean, is, but I, yeah, but I'm saying yeah because right now with a with two games left, mm-hmm. it's an impossibility to put those things together without it going and you can get by with it three days before a final game where it starts to leak out a little bit right three days before your the next, next to the last game, game no it, it's really tough and so i think i think we'll at this time next week you're going to start to to have a little bit more heat on this thing as it moves towards a finish line which i would imagine will be pretty quick sunday or monday yeah, i, I just I, I find so. it hard i still think james that uh, that that there will be a uh, an introduction of the new coach by the Monday after the Iron Bowl. Anything else, James? I agree. I agree with you on that. Uh, but no, that's that's everything I need to know. I appreciate, it, guys. I'll talk to you later. Appreciate it, James. Thanks, yeah, I mean, so nothing nothing has really changed. I mean, you get bits and pieces, like you said, from either the agents or folks that are uh, letting things out because that candidate might want it out correct all right so i'd like to know jason's thoughts on well when when people ask you why would lane kiffin leave ole miss for auburn or or would lane kiffin want to leave a situation that he has rolling like ole miss to seemingly rebuild auburn into an sec west contender even if we've seen those rebuilds can happen very quickly Mm -hmm. at at championship caliber sec west yeah Programs. Your thoughts on what Lane Kiffin would gain from jumping from Ole Miss to Auburn if he is indeed Auburn's next coach? The ability to win a national championship. I, I just don't think it's at Ole Miss. I mean, it, it, it hasn't shown to be there anyway. I mean, they. you look at it, the only two teams that have never made to to just the SEC championship game, and A&M came in 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss has been from the beginning. They haven't made an SEC championship. They haven't won an SEC championship in, what, 50 years? Um that that to me is the biggest thing. But I think you look at football facility, look at NIL, look at financial support, all those things involved. And the, you re, got, the resources, yes. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, you know, people think being where Auburn is right now with Georgia and Alabama here is a negative. But you look at the positive of how many kids are in Georgia and Alabama. Mm-hmm. And you go, man, just get your share of those guys. 
and I, and I wrote about it some Monday in Monday Morning Quarterback. I just listed a few players and going. Oh, you listed quite a few, and, and that's just off the top of my head. Yeah, you, I did you not got do, to see this list. I did not do a research. That wasn't research. No, you're that right. was just off the top of my head. I was sitting there going, "Okay, this it was guy, at least a dozen. This guy, this guy, this guy that did not go to Auburn or Alabama." And you go just from the state. Keep those guys yeah, at home, and and it's already a different roster. And so, to me, that's the thing I look at is going. I think possibility is a lot stronger at Auburn. Hugh Freeze is someone whose name has been brought up in the conversation. No, he, he, I, he's been talked about. And, and, I, and I, of all the candidates, I, I think there's less uh, doubt about his interest in the job. Correct. I mean, you, you look, and, and obviously getting back in the SEC, um, the opportunity, again, to go compete for a championship. You're at Liberty, and you win a bunch of football games, but you're not, you're not competing for a national championship at Liberty. Your confidence in if it was Hugh Freeze, if Hugh Freeze got the job, your confidence in what kind of recruiter Auburn would be getting in Hugh Freeze, considering everything in his track record as a recruiter. Yeah, he recruited pretty darn well. Now, a lot of those guys came with issues, but now that's things that you do legally with NIL. Um, yeah, I know. I've, talked, I've talked to Dan about this. I... I I still think Hugh Freeze would, would recruit pretty well. I think he recruits really well. I really would. Brian Matthews made an interesting point earlier in the week, too, which is, was Hugh Freeze doing things that no one else in college football was doing back in 2012 and 2013? No. Or, just get, or was, or was he keeping up Was he keeping up with the Joneses yes. and his program got busted? I mean, you look, at, look at the NFL guys that came through there when, when he, was, he was recruiting those rosters. That was a pretty good NFL group that came through. Um, you, think about, I, you think about things that are important right now. Obviously, line of scrimmage is always going to be important. Quarterback development and receivers offense, and offensive I mean, scheme throwing the football. Those things are really important right now in the game of football, and that's what he does really well. So, yeah, I think he could recruit. And, and again, Auburn, you keep, hey, you keep Cadillac, keep Zach, keep a couple guys, and, and add in a couple of really interesting coordinators. And you've got the pieces in place already right now to, to I think, have a monster potential end of this class and in 24. Got to ask you about um, a, a guy whose whose name has has come up. Oh, oh, we got it. We got we a weather we emergency. Got, we have alert. A, or do we have an amber alert? What is? That oh. sounds like emergency. Weather. Yeah, it sounds like emergency. Anyway, uh, all right. Phones? Uh, got got wanted to ask you. I mean, it's like, gee, that came up. And went, no, no, don't do it. No. Don't ask. It's like, no, I'm going to. I've got to get Jason's because. Uh, it, there has been, I mean, immediate response when there was some speculation that Dabo Swinney might look at Auburn or vice versa. And the first question I got there, Dan was asking about people wondering why would Lane Kiffin leave Ole Miss for Auburn. Obviously, a, a huge question would be why would why would Dabo Swinney leave uh, Clemson? To go to a school like Auburn, yeah, and and but before this get before we go any further, we're not saying no, no, no. He, but I'm just people, saying yeah, I'm going people to be clear, yeah. But here, I, the 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 yeah the speculation of like why would he if he yes. is because I think you look at it and again, I look at the the ACC and I look at a a, a one loss Clemson team right now and and unless something happens, they're not going to be close to making the playoffs. You know, and I think you start looking at it going, we just talked about the strength of leagues moving mm-hmm. forward. Where do, where do you find yourself here? The other thing is, I think back to Tommy Tuberville. He used to tell us all the time. He had heard it from coaches he coached with going, look. And he lived it. After you get, after you get about 10 years at a job, you start to lose about 10% of your support every year. And I think back to 
the guy like Steve Spurrier left and went to the NFL. But even then, he'd already started to lose. Is Steve Spurrier lost support? Right. Uh, the, the only thing you have to do is look at the other side of this state. Alabama's lost two games. And there are people going, what's going on? What's happening? Mm-hmm. What, what, what is happening with the program? Two losses by, what, five points? You, you start to lose support, even the greatest of all time. And so I think that's part of it. You're going, okay, I can go back to a place that is hungry. And, you know, so to me, that's when I think about the possibility of somebody like that. Uh, Brian Kelly, I think it's a very similar. I think yep. it's a very similar uh, situation. I, I, I do too. And, and one final thing before we get to Shane, um, just if if it were to happen, how do you think that pairing would be, Dabo and Auburn? I think it's when you start talking about fit, that that feels like a good fit to me. That feels like a guy where you go. Well, I mean, we always heard you always heard Auburn and Clemson. Mm-hmm. They're very similar places. Um, that feels like a similar fit. For a guy that's just down home, and I mean, he's from the state of Alabama, um, that would feel like a, a fit that would, would work, in my opinion. Let's get uh, one more call on the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Shane is up next. Hey, Shane. Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Pretty good. Good. Hey, number one, uh, I, I don't I don't think Debo would, would ever leave there. He's got it made where, where he is. Um, he just has to be basically cupcake teams. Uh, all year long and, and come up, you know, show up for like two or three games a year. And, and if he beats, beats those, then he goes, if he messes up, then he, he's out. But true. But if he just wins those games against some, supposedly the ones that he should, then, then he's, he's going to go to the, to the playoffs, especially when it's when it expands to 12. So I don't, I don't really don't see him okay. come over this way. Okay. But, well, can I respond to that though? That, yeah. Yeah. That means in the SEC, you're going to have you're going to be able to lose two or maybe even three games. Right? That's true. That's true. But would we pay him as much as he, as Clemson would probably pay him to stay there? Well, you realize Dabo's buyout is six million dollars. I mean, no, the salary Dabo has probably the smallest buyout other than Jimbo. Yeah. Well, no, no, a buyout. I just of $6 don't want. Yeah. I, he's not on my list of of coaches that I would. It, it, unless, unless, like you know, the, the old Miss guys aren't interested at all, which which Hugh Freeze basically has has already publicly pleaded for the for the job. Um, then then he wouldn't. Uh, I just don't. I don't think Dabo is on, would be on my list personally. Okay, okay. Why would Hugh Freeze be better than a guy who's won two national championships? Just wondering. Uh, I, I'd say he'd be a, a better fit. I just said he wouldn't be on my list. I, I personally don't like the the feel of 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 him uh, here at Auburn. He doesn't, doesn't seem the family fit. Like like uh, I I. I if you if you got the the job, I think that he would never leave. I think he would be so appreciative to have this second chance and to have this fan base support him. Like like I, I believe he would be a Bruce Pearl type of coach. I think that's uh, a val- that's a valid point, Shane. You know, I it took me a little bit to wrap my head around Dabo Swinney even being a possibility because I would because I would have I would have dismissed it even a couple of days ago. The more I think about it, the more you know if he wanted out. He would probably, and if he wanted out and he wanted to stay at an SEC, he'd probably want to go to an SEC or a Big Ten program. And he'd probably want to go somewhere where he can win. And uh, and, and if Davos, when he were a candidate, you know, it it would move the needle in a Brian Kelly or Lincoln Riley. No type of question I mean, about that, that. That's that's going out and getting, you know, one of the biggest. I mean, Davos Swinney over the last 20 years, is on the he's maybe one of the five most successful college football coaches. All right, coaches. All right. He's, his first, um, I looked, I looked at his record, probably is. Yeah, looked at his record today, his first three years, he was 19 and 15. Since then, he is 139 
and 22. I mean, if there's if there's mutual interest, it would be unquestionably a blockbuster. I can get why maybe it's not your preferred flavor. I understand. At the same time, I mean, that's 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 quite the track record. Yep. I mean, that's We're I mean, just we're just saying anyway. I mean, uh again, we're we're a ways away. Shane, appreciate the call. Jason, I know you got to run. Uh, let everybody know uh what what all they'll find when they uh, check out autigers.com. What all you got coming up? Uh, in the next few days yeah obviously uh you know lots of of coaching talk and and right now it's still more speculation sure. than, than talk so kind of keeping our tabs on that and when something changes we'll, we'll kind of update it as we go along but got a football game saturday so i've had previews of west kentucky heading into that basketball thoughts have some baseball tons of recruiting updated top 247 for 24 oh okay. and a lot of people have talked about 23 well there's about a dozen alabama kids in the top 247 for 24 in the state of alabama so it's discontinuing to roll on in this state that's why it's important to get the right guy now mm-hmm. so they can get the ground running because man. there's talent in this state i know i know jason has to go i said at the beginning of the segment four coaches i wanted to ask about Herb, i want to ask do you think there's any interest on either side between Auburn and Urban Meyer, and and I guess the the addendum to that would be, what kind of coach do you think a college football program would be getting if they hired Urban Meyer for twenty twenty three and beyond? That's what I don't know. I, I don't know how invested Urban Meyer is now. I mean, fifteen years ago, that's that he's right there with Nick Saban. You're going, hey, who you're hiring? I don't know how invested twenty twenty two Urban Meyer is. To be that guy that comes in and goes, I man, let's rebuild this thing. I, 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 that's the question. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's, he can answer that. And if he says, "Hey, I'm fired up and I'm excited and I'm ready to go," well, you, you better know, not ignore it then. Yes, then, then that's a guy. And here's the thing: if he, if that's a guy, then that guy moves to number one. I just don't know that. That's I don't know. That's who he is. I mean, he's got it pretty good right now doing what he's doing. So. Jason, great stuff, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, see you uh, sometime um, uh, the rest Absolutely. of the week. Absolutely. I will see you. All right. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. Yeah. What does the farm mean to you? Well, maybe it's a piece of land for production for crops or cattle. Or maybe the farm is just a place you can go to relax or enjoy the outdoors. Whatever the farm means to you, First South Farm Credit can help you finance or refinance that perfect piece of land. We've been financing farms and land since 1916. With competitive rates and flexible terms up to 30 years, our professionals know land and land financing. First South provides fast, friendly turnaround to help you secure your ideal tract of land. The farm could be your next business venture, your next land or timber investment, or perhaps your new getaway. At First South Farm Credit, we will help you know what the farm means to you and make your farm purchase a reality. Go by and visit branch manager Taylor Hart. We're located at 1613 Frederick Road in Opelika, near Tigertown. For more information, go to FirstSouthLand.com. That's FirstSouthLand.com. Equal housing lender. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final minute or so here of our number one we got actually a couple of minutes, so we have time to get back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Marcus is up next. Hey, Marcus. 
Hey guys, Bill, you're in the know, and I, I think you're very knowledgeable when it comes to Auburn sports. If you had to just go ahead and make a final pick today, in December, who do you think it is? Do you think it's Lane? Do you think it's Hugh? Or do you think it's somewhere completely different? I still feel like it, right now it, it, it appears to be Lane. Um, and, and I wonder if, if maybe some of the smoke and some of the talk about others is to sort of allow the Lane thing to settle a little bit and, like Jason said, at least get through this week. Right. Do you think the Dan Lanning thing was more of a kill? Do you really think that that was an offer? No, it was. I, I, no, I, I do not in any way believe it was an offer. But I do believe there was, uh, um, you know, an inquiry just to see, uh, try to determine if there'd be any interest, and if there were interest, you have to do that. You yeah, have to yeah, do you do. Thing. And 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 I think from from Lanning's camp, it makes sense that it would come back. Hey, he's. Uh, He's, he's decided he's turning down Auburn to stay here at Oregon, which I can understand him staying at Oregon after one year. But no, I don't think it was an offer, but I do think there were, there, you know, there were some, uh, there was an inquiry and, and checking uh, interest and seeing, you know, how far it could go. If Lane turned it down, would Hugh be the next guy on the list or you think he would be blocked? Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, I, I'm really intrigued wondering about is is there genuine interest from someone like Dabo Swinney? I, I, I just can't get past that. Well, the ACC, I mean, that, that's the thing I keep coming back to, is the economics have changed in recent years. And now, yep. if you're not in the SEC or the Big Ten, you're wondering about the, the future of your conference and maybe looking for a way to join the SEC or the Big Ten, even if it means leaving your current employer. That, that's what I keep coming back to with, with, with Dabo Swinney. Marcus, we're, we're backed up against our top-of-the-hour break. If you'd like, you can hang on. Um, if not, we appreciate the call. We're halfway done here on the Wednesday Drive. Come on in and join us. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson rejoined his teammates on the practice field today for the first time since being suspended 11 games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Coach Kevin Stefanski said they'll have a plan for Watson to start getting ready, and this week that will be an acclimation process, explains ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. He could take some first-team reps at some point this week, but they won't overwork him. It will actually be a reversal of what they did in training camp, where Watson started out taking a bulk of the workload, and then they gave Jacoby Brissett more and more to get him ready for week one. Now Brissett's the guy. And they've got to ease Watson back in. Watson is eligible to make his Browns regular season debut against Houston December 4th. Quarterback Taylor Heineke will start for the Commanders against the Texans on Sunday. Carson Wentz has been cleared to start throwing, but the team hasn't yet designated him to return to practice after having surgery to repair a broken finger on his throwing hand. Washington is in the thick of the NFC wildcard race at 5-5. Five and five. NBA Maverick star Luka Doncic will not play tonight against Houston. He's getting the night off to rest after playing 40 minutes in last night's win.
ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive offers a great price and round-the-clock protection when bundling home and auto. It's one of those rare times where you could save money and get something great. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. everybody welcome in it is our number two of the wednesday drive on this wednesday evening it's going to be a cold one tonight and then not going to warm up much tomorrow i mean be ready as uh, cooler weather coming in as we get uh, closer and closer to thanksgiving just a uh, a week away uh, i know we're a few days out but i did want to let you know that we will be on all of next week except for thanksgiving day we're working Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. Okay. That's what they say. Am I? Am I doing? A, I think I got a. You probably do. No, I don't think so. I think Troy's playing late because they're out in Hawaii. I don't think I have any scheduling contracts okay. for a while uh, with with the uh, with the Trojans. We got that game tonight. Do we? Have, if we have time, we can get into that roster. Oh man, Dan was reading. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll we'll do that in a little bit. I mean the 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 roster of the as you said, you're not going to call them the Donnas. That's right. This is the San Why are they? Why aren't they the Donnas? The San Francisco Dons, but it's the ladies. It's the it's no, the they women's. Should be the Donnas. It's the women's basketball team. They're Donna, not, Donna. That's right. The it's the Don. The D A W. The D A W N S. The Dons. Yeah. Tonight. The Dons. <laughs> That's like right. Tony Orlando and yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, so they're playing. Uh, uh, the, the, Troy, Troy's in San Francisco tonight, playing against USF, and uh, not not the Tampa USF, right? The uh, the, the other one, but uh, but yes, Bill Russell's alma mater. That's right. And 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 formerly uh, was it Todd Golden? Yes. Right? The, now that is, now that it, is correct. Not the University of right. Not the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce one of one of Bruce Pearl's. Proteges, I think that would be oh, a, yes. a, a fair yes, way of describing absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, who was the uh, who was the coach at, uh, at San Francisco last year and is now uh, now the coach at Florida? We're going to see him in about a month. Uh, the, that is true. Christmas that, week. That I is believe. true. December twenty eighth. As a matter right. of fact, SEC opener Auburn and uh, and Florida. Mm-hmm. A lot of basketball between now and then. In, oh uh, yes, including uh, Texas Southern. Auburn's got Texas Southern on Friday. They play uh, number three Houston tonight. So a uh, that's a serious week for Texas Southern. You're not kidding. Two top fifteen programs, including a Houston team that some people think might be the most talented team in the country. Hour number two of the drive brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Let's get to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. And Pat gets us started this hour. Hey, Pat. Hey guys, how's, how's it going? Doing good. all right. Good to hear from you. Good. Hey, listen, I, I just really have a comment or maybe a question, and I'm going to hang up and listen to your guys' response. So, with Hugh Freeze, could he really pass a background check at all? 
I really don't know because I mean we <laughs> we, we we know what has been in publicly. Uh, you know what we know what has been yes. out there. I don't know if there's anything else. So I would say that there would be a very very thorough background check, and that's what, of course, John Cohen said he has a firm that has been employed to do I mean, to vet possible candidates we've seen coaches who have left high profile jobs amid scandal find their way back to major college football dj durkin is a defensive coordinator mm-hmm. at texas a&m right he was, was yes. formerly at ole miss, was it ole miss he, you know ago. left left maryland in very ugly circumstances uh steve sarkeesian at at usc uh, left left that in a very ugly situation and found his way back to major college football as an offensive coordinator and a head coach. We've seen whether you want to call them redemptions or comebacks or whatever it is. There is go- I think there's going to be part of the reason when it, it's almost the flip side of what we've talked about with Hugh Freeze, not just at Auburn, but if he is ever given another chance in major college football, power five, all due respect to Liberty, a power five you know, major conference college football, there's going to be this expectation that Hugh Freeze will be very, uh, that there will be a tremendous amount of gratitude. He'll be very grateful to whatever program brought him back. That's because of the question that Pat is asking right now, which is, you know, has he disqualified himself from a job like that through whatever you want to focus on of the scandals of, of Hugh Freeze over the last decade. And 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 you had better believe there'd be a very thorough background checks done because the last thing you would want to have is to hire is to hire anyone and then find out something else had happened in the past that would be an embarrassment. And when you take well, a chance, oh, go, go ahead please. I'm sorry, and that, that's 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 the point I was bringing up. It's like, you know, the the paying of the players or whatever that was. Okay, yes, you can do it now, but the other, you know, I, I, and I know Auburn is going to do is due diligence to find out. You mm-hmm. know, um, but you know, it's like, um, and guys, man, I, I try to go back and look it up and. I don't know. He calls himself a sports writer, but like when all this stuff first started coming out, uh, and I, I try to go back and and find the story to call this guy's name out because if anybody subscribes to this so-called sports writer from Auburn, uh, like they were lumping. I mean, he he was he was being like graphic about what he was saying about Hugh Freeze and but then he lumped Bruce Pearl into it too and he was like hmm. hey yeah you know just team these guys up and and I'm I'm just gonna keep it at that you know what I'm saying I, I, I you know but uh th- that's all I was getting at man I mean it's like you know I, I know Auburn will like go above and beyond and um, appreciate it, man. I, and I'm gonna hang up and listen. All right. Pre- appreciate the call, Pat. Hey. Yeah, I, I have I have an awful lot of confidence, as, as Jason was saying, in in John Cohen being very thorough, very meticulous. I mean, gathering as much information as he can. Uh, he he just does not strike me as someone who's gonna jump and go. Hey, this looks good. Let's go. Let's make the move. I, I we talked about it. I think. Uh, under the circumstances, that's what happened last time at Auburn. And I think uh, once burned, you better be 
twice shy if you're Auburn, but John Cohen wasn't here. But I, I think that that's something you can count on. Yeah, and I'm reluctant to, like Pat was saying, lump all of these coaches together because the scandals uh, are of different measure and different no things question. that happen. But I do think in the case of, like, let, let's let's be clear, with Lane Kiffin and with Hugh Freeze and with Urban Meyer, there are incidents from the past mm-hmm. that may give you pause. And if you decide those those things aren't disqualifying for the position, there is sort of the the understanding or the knowledge that you you took you assumed that risk when you hired the person. There's a buyer beware that if if an incident were to happen that would cause you to change course. I mean, you can claim to have been blindsided, but there was there was some red flag on the resume that you decided wasn't worth the risk, and that's something to keep in mind with with any of those potential coaches is is that that's uh, that that's something that could come back and haunt you if you decide to hire someone who's had a public sort of. Ugly incident Any or questions two, yeah, in the mar, past. Mar their right. mar their reputation. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And Daniel is up next on the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Hey, Daniel. Hey, how are y'all doing this evening? Pretty good. Hey, I started listening to the radio about three days ago, man, and, I, and I'm really interested in what you guys think about this. Coach Williams, let's say he wins this Saturday. Now, Western Kentucky is a seven fourteen, from my understanding. It, it seems like a easy game because, you know, Western Kentucky is not a big name. Let's say he goes to Iron Bowl. Win or lose, but comes close to beating Alabama. Why could his name be in the hat as a contender as being the new head coach for all? I think I think he um, could be in, you know, in the mix and be, uh, be talked to just as the other candidates have. But then, like I said, and like Jason was saying a while ago, I think it comes down to... Um, being as thorough as possible and, and having been a coach, uh, not a football coach, but having been a coach and an AD, John Cohen, I think has a very good understanding of everything that is involved in being a head coach. I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't had a chance to, to, uh, you know, speak to Cadillac on a one-on-one basis and find out really what all's inside his head. But I, I think that, I think he understands that there are things that he doesn't know or, you know, hasn't done, doesn't have the experience of doing, obviously, as a head coach. I think this is a great experience for him. I think it's obviously right now being uh, a great experience for the players and for Auburn fans. But I, I do think that that there is there is still a ways to go before before Carnell Williams is ready to be a power five head football coach. And, and I believe Cadillac's got a bright future ahead of him, I agree. regardless of if it's at Auburn next season or somewhere else. What what I think I mean it certainly it would depend on who eventually gets the job, how Cadillac feels about returning, or if he decides I mean if someone and I am not again I'm I'm in no position to speak for Coach Williams, but if he I mean, if, if someone with an unimpressive resume got the Auburn head coaching job instead of Cadillac Williams, there could be a belief that he could feel, you know, he could feel slighted. Oh, yes. Like, if someone, yeah, you're right. I think, I don't think that'll happen. I, no, that's, that's, I that's, what, think I, that's what I mean. No, no. And, and so I think some of it depends on who eventually yeah. gets the job. I said earlier in the week, in part because I believe Cadillac's futures, I, I believe wholeheartedly that South Florida 
should interview him, a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer and someone who's doing very well for himself in major college football. They should interview him to be their new head coach in moving on from uh, from Jeff Scott. And I, uh, you know, I, I think that there could be opportunities for him at other major programs or in the NFL if he wanted to move on from Auburn after the season. And I think there's a belief among the fan base. There, there's a hope that there will be an invitation for Cadillac to return. Oh, sure, that, that some, has to be in the hope. some capacity, even if he's not the head coach. So, so back to, back to your original question. Yes, I, I was going to say just to to sort of try to answer the question straight up. Yes, I, I do think uh, Cornell should be talked to, and probably has been uh, has spent some time with John Cohen, if not an official interview, something uh, something very close to that. Right, and one more question. When's the last time you guys actually saw that much energy on a sideline at an Auburn game? Um, it's it's been a while. I've probably. I don't know that I've ever seen a head coach. Well, well I, I, have, I have a couple of well, times. Well, Cadillac's the most athletic head coach that Auburn's had on that sideline. Uh, oh, absolutely. Pro- probably ever. So, I mean, the energy on that on that regard is not going to be. But you're right. You could tell both in the Mississippi State game and in the uh, in, in the in the A&M game, you know, there, there's there's a rejuvenation or an energy that's been injected no into question. that sideline. And it's hard not to credit Cadillac Williams for a lot of that. Oh, absolutely. I've seen what I see on the sideline is passion. Not just passion for the young men that are that are there on the field every day, every Saturday that we watch, but also just the passion of being humble to the fans, to to the team, to the you know everything that Auburn is, that Auburn always has been, is believing in the young men. You know, Harson all we saw was somebody that just looked like the air was just let out of the balloon. You know, there was there was no there was no hype, there was no smiles, there was no. He he looked nothing like an Auburn coach should be, in my personal opinion, of course. But that's what I noticed. The difference was night and day. Once Cadillac got on that sideline, it was the intern. Oh, you're right. He brought a lot of energy that me personally I haven't seen since the Pat Dye and Bo Jackson era. But that's my personal opinion. Terry Terry wasn't as as good an athlete, but Terry Bowden was rather energetic. And and, you know, and again, personal bias, understanding. I I would say there were some times when the Tommy Tuberville sideline had a lot lot of energy. Gene and and, yeah, they're 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 no, no, but but in contrast, I think part of the reason it could feel historic is because it's in contrast to what you had for. A year and a half under under Brian Harson, a guy who had a plan, and it, it just it d- didn't seem to be playing out the way he was hoping, and uh, didn't really, uh, you know, and and, and there was, you know, a, a, I think I think it was it was probably time to, to to try something else. Appreciate the call, Daniel. We need to get to our first break of hour number two. Slack, Hank. Hey. Oh, Scott. Oh, Scott. Scott. Oh, we haven't heard from Slack in a while. I'm calling him out. Scott yeah, where is you up at, next. Where you at, Slack? Yeah, Scott. Hang on, you'll be up next when we come back here on the Wednesday Drive. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. 19 minutes after 5 o'clock, Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls here in the studio, and back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline, and Scott is up next. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Pretty good. 
Um, you know, uh, I think if uh, – I'd love to see Cadillac um, stay with the team because he's a, he, he would make a big difference in recruiting, I believe. Um, and we, it, we may be making him an assistant or something, get him some experience. Sure. Um, but everybody keeps talking about the baggage with Freeze. But, and, I, and Bruce Pearl has done so much for this university that, I mean, he was a huge hire for us. But when he came in, he was under serious scrutiny. You know, and we, we, we kind of like we gave him the chance that, that we're talking about giving Freeze. I'm not sure that there's a lot of difference there. But, I mean, and Bruce has proved, you know, he was very thankful and has been a tremendous um, asset to our university, not just the basketball. Oh, yeah. Now, now, but, but let's, let's look. I mean, the, the, the problem that, um, that Bruce Pearl had had was be, not being honest with the NCAA about players being at a cookout. Right. You know, I mean, that, and that's, that's, it was the fact that if, if he had been, it would have been a minor transgression, would have been a minor violation. And I can't imagine that, that he would have, uh, uh, even been had had to do anything except maybe sit out a game or two there at Tennessee. But I think the general yeah. point remains that if if Hugh Freeze were to like like we heard a caller mention earlier, you know, you would expect a tremendous amount of gratitude. Oh yes. from Hugh Correct. Freeze Correct. to get back into major college football. And I'm you know I find myself not as concerned about the circumstances surrounding Hugh Freeze's firing or even the reason why the team took a downturn. I'm wondering how real the recruiting at the beginning of the tenure was and how much of that could translate if Hugh Freeze were brought to Auburn. That's why I've sort of been asking yeah, people I, I'm like I'm not Brian as concerned about that, Dan. But, I, yeah. That's, that's just, just me. You believe, you believe he'd get the place yeah, if Hugh Freeze were Auburn's coach, which is, I mean, we, we talk about it. We talked about it a lot when Brian Harson was the coach. That's an increasingly important part of the job. It was always important. But now it's you know it's creeping up towards a hundred percent of the job. It's not a hundred percent because you gotta you gotta you know find the right groceries and then you gotta cook them right. It's not it's not just mm-hmm. about it's not just about ingredients, but it's a huge percentage of it. And if you believe Hugh Freeze would get the players, that is a compelling argument for why Auburn or a program a like Auburn should kick the tires on him. Go 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 ahead. I think a large part of it's going to be. Can he get the, the right coaches and the right staff in here to make it work? Because he's got to have the coaches that are willing to put in the effort along with him, sure. not just him. Oh, yeah, whoever the head coach is is going to have to. Right. It, you, can't, you can't expect your, your – uh, your It's not all on the head coach. All. The head coach gotta, doesn't do all the recruiting by any means. That's right. But he's got to get his butt out there and do it too. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Appreciate the call, 334-321-1390. And, and I don't want to come across as somebody who's lobbying for Hugh Freeze to get the job because I don't know, but I am intrigued by, you know, it's a short list of guys when we talk about. Short list you, of guys that we know of. Where you where you feel like you'd be confident they can get the kind of players, right? Where you Where you feel like stepping into the job, it's like, oh, based on their track record, they understand the importance of recruiting, and they've shown the ability. Right. And I think to, that I think that is a very, very important characteristic for Auburn's next coach. And and say and to to even to acknowledge the downside of Hugh Freeze, it does seem like he checks that box. The box of is he someone who understands the importance of recruiting does and has assembled yes. top tier recruiting classes right, I, in, in his past. I'm gonna go back to what we were talking about last hour. I hope you had a chance to hear when we had Jason Caldwell on, because we got in we got into a couple of what ifs. And again, these are what ifs. 
But uh, over over the last uh, 24 to, uh, well, I'd say over the last 72 hours, quite a few new names have been tossed out there as possible contacts from Auburn. I said something yesterday, and I, I don't recall saying anything about 100%, but I said I feel confident that there has been some discussion between representatives or a representative for Clemson coach Dabo Swinney in Auburn. And we had heard that there could have possibly been some contact and wouldn't be surprised because I can't imagine John (laughs) Cohen not checking out just about every possibility about uh, possible contact between Auburn and Urban Meyer. How about this? Gauging the interest, maybe. That is exactly what I think John Cohen has been, should be, and is doing with all possible, with so many possible candidates. I was told today that Auburn has, that John Cohen, that Auburn has spoken with representatives of at least a dozen current college head coaches. And that, so and that's that, a pretty good list. And that's, that's a, a pretty list, good size list. That's a list that may not include unemployed coaches who have that, been linked that, to that, the job. That is true. Like that's just now sitting. maybe maybe they just said coaches. Okay, but they were like head coaches. So it's guys that either are or have been. I guess that could be. So my question is, as we are, um, as we're here just discussing some what ifs and what about the uh, possible upside or downside, if there is. And this is, again, a big if. If there is interest from Dabo Swinney in the Auburn job, we had a caller in the first hour that said he would absolutely take Hugh Freeze over Dabo Swinney. I couldn't be a hundred. I couldn't be uh, more yeah. uh, on the other end of that mm-hmm. because if, if Dabo Swinney were interested in Auburn, what are your negatives? He's a bammer. It's what I'm going to hear. The first thing I'm going to hear, and I remember him saying, uh, "What? What?" I remember some of his comments post 2011 Clemson's win over Auburn, uh, talking about how appropriate it was that an Alabama guy it's like, beat you know, beat, uh, beat Auburn. You know, you know what? It, and he's expressed his not love for Auburn in the past. But if he were interested, or can, can you really tell me? Oh. No, that just couldn't work. Right, and and I and that's not to say Hugh Freeze wouldn't maybe do a good job if if he if if he got. But the how job. could you say Hugh Freeze would do a better you know, job than Dabo? You know what it reminds you know what it reminds me of is when there was a push in Louisiana last year, and I'm gonna I, I got to be careful with my pronunciations and I got to be careful with my story about this because I know Tex will call. Well, they were gonna get Lincoln Riley. Remember? No, 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 oh, no, no. Okay, when there were people who wanted Billy Napier. To get that Louisiana job, oh yes, because he'd he, he, what people wanted Billy Napier to get the LSU job because he'd done so well at Louisiana. And when you go get Brian Kelly from Notre Dame, who's been to the national championship, oh, they were so game down when Lincoln had been to the play. Yeah. No, but you think it's like okay, I understand why Billy Napier didn't get right. that job because if you're it, well, that's a Scott Woodward thing too. He's 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 not playing for the uh, he's he's not playing marbles, man. He's He's playing the big game. Yeah, I, I I like Billy Napier. I can understand why if you're LSU, if you can get Brian Kelly, yeah, you do it. And and isn't that a little bit like? Uh, it what? seems like that. I like you, Freeze. You get Dabo Swinney. That's a different. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. You're playing in. A, you're playing with a different tax bracket in that situation. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We've got a minute or two before the bottom of the hour break. And Dean is up next. Hey, Dean. Hey guys, how's it going? Pretty good. 
I just uh, want to tell you first off, I'm I'm really happy that y'all are streaming this show now because I'm living in Virginia, and I don't hear anybody talk about Auburn up here, and so it's just good to hear some friendly voices on the way home from. That's work. great. Glad you can get it. I'm telling you, traffic is terrible here, so it's good to have, good to have some familiar voices. Um, I wanted to talk about Hugh Freeze uh, for a second. I, you know, I, or not Hugh Freeze, but more so Lane Kiffin. Um, I don't understand why Lane Kiffin. Uh, wouldn't jump at the opportunity to come to Auburn, right? So I was listening to uh, with Brian Matthews on Monday when uh, he was talking about all the coaches at Auburn who have been successful, uh, and, and Terry Bowden and Tuberville, Chiswick, Malzahn, and, like, none of those guys are world beaters as far as, like, Hall of Fame coaches is what he said. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I 100% agree. Um, and so whatever coach we get, be it, Freeze or Dabo, maybe cross your fingers. Silent prayer, maybe Dabo, but you know whoever we get, they're going to be successful. Well, I think Auburn has been devout of a head of good leadership at the head coaching position, and like whoever we get next is going to set the world on fire. But that's going to immediately, right? That's going to affect Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Well, not oh, I mean, yeah. why would he not jump at the chance for Auburn? Because he knows, like Alabama. As far as recruiting goes, Alabama and Georgia and LSU, they're going to eat at the table, right? So they're going to get their guys. They're going to get their five stars. And, Dean, what you I was going to say that what you don't know, what none of us know right now, is he may well have uh, gone ahead and jumped, but he's got two games that he, he, want, oh, yeah. he wants to do his best in these two games with Ole Miss. And I, I think there are a lot of people that feel like, it may be awful close to both sides agreeing on that right now, but there's there's no reason for him to have this public and, and if, it's, if that were the case. And it does seem like a and, and again I, I don't want to seem I don't want to come across as arrogant about Auburn in this regard, but it does seem like there are folks who are sharp about college football in the Southeast who understand why Lane Kiffin would make the jump from Auburn uh, to to Auburn from Ole Miss because of the advantages the Auburn program presents. And then there are more casual observers of college football who would say, well, look at their records over the last 10 years, and it's not that dissimilar, and Ole Miss is going to win 10 games. But, But as I asked, Jason, in the last segment, why would you make the jump? What would Lane Kiffin gain? And and he put it succinctly, the chance to win a national championship. Like, that's, okay, that's what that you gain is, jumping from Ole Miss to Auburn. Well, absolutely. And, and it's going to be Alabama, Georgia, LSU. They're going to get their boys. And Auburn is about to step up and do what Auburn's done in the past with whoever they get. Be he can recruit. Maybe it was dirty in the past. It's clean now. Great. So maybe it's going to be Dabo. We know Dabo can recruit. Whatever it is, they're going to recruit. Right. Like Auburn hasn't so. recruited in the last four years. And some of those players are going to Ole Miss. And I think Auburn's about to take those, those players back. We're about to go back to Mississippi and get Jason Campbells and get Derek Halls and get those guys that we normally get from Mississippi. And you get JJ, and you get JJ, you get JJ Pegues and they stay instead of becoming impact. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, become an impact you keep Quinshawn Judkins <laughs> from going to Quinn Mississippi. Quinshawn Judkins, absolutely. Hey, we're, we're, we're up against a break. Appreciate it. Great we're, hearing from yeah. you, Dean. Glad you're listening yeah. up in Virginia. Call back soon. Yep. Yep. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Right back with more of your phone calls for the final half hour of the Wednesday Drive. 
Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Wednesday. And let's get right back to the IKEA of Auburn hotline. And Josh is up first. Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing all right, Josh. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I uh, just heard y'all talking about uh, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, The only thing I would want to bring up on that is is that Dabo has not really embraced the transfer portal. Mm. No, uh, no, he hasn't. I have a, but I have a theory about that. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Dan. Well, I'm gonna, you know, so Dabo Swinney, uh, you know, he 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 plays to his base, right? Like like a, like an expert politician, and I, you know, I think he's telling the truth when he says maybe he preferred the way college football used to be. Well, I think a lot before, of coaches prefer. Yeah, that. before NIL and before the transfer portal, and when coaches had more total control. But I would point out, he's still getting players. Right, like they're still they're still doing just fine in the recruiting rankings these last couple of years. Even as NIL, he hasn't has had a class. A he hasn't had a had a high school recruiting and, class outside the top ten in a decade. And I, I just wonder how much of that attitude, even if it's pers- even if it's his personal opinion, how much of that he would be embracing at a, at a high level SEC power in the SEC West that faces off against the teams Auburn faces off with every year. I can understand concerns that he hasn't used the transfer portal that he and he's definitely come out saying he's not a fan of NIL, but uh, whether you're a fan of it or not, if you don't uh, if you don't take advantage of that, then uh, you're you're digging yourself a hole. And, and something tells me those Clemson football players aren't starving when it comes to when it comes to NIL too. Well, yeah, and I, and I get that. I just, uh, it maybe it's just him being at Clemson. You know, some places are weird, but I just, he would just need to embrace those things because unfortunately, like sure. you said, you know, I know Nick Saban doesn't like it, but we know he's, because he knows that's the advantage, that's the competitive, where it's at. NIL, transfer portal, you still got to recruit high school players. Mm-hmm. So I'm not questioning Dabo on that front. And I think, too, um, I think not, Shane, I, I think, uh, I think he would want out, too. Like, I think Dabo Swinney would also want, you know what I mean? Like, I think he would want out if he, if he really didn't like the way college football was headed rather than try to be stuck in his ways and sort of decline gradually because he wasn't adapting to the realities of the, of the industry in a way that his rivals were. Right, like I think if he if he's willing to stay competitive, he'll do what it takes. Just, just like just like he did when the rules were different. Like he's gonna he's gonna do what he needs to to stay competitive and get the best players because he gets it like few people do regarding the importance of talent. Well, that's right. But I appreciate it, guys. Just want to throw that out there. Hey, appreciate the call, Josh. Fair, fair thing to worry about, Josh. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's that's something. Oh sure. You know, he's he's made some public statements that would make you uh that that would give you some pause about it. At the same time. You know that that's, that team isn't lacking for talent. He's still he's still no, finding a way no, to get players right, there. You're and right I, about that. And I don't I don't think he could use a little better quarterback play. Yeah, maybe, but I, maybe maybe go ahead and make that change at quarterback. But I don't think they're in the Stone Age as far as uh, uh, recru- recruiting no. or NIL. They're not that far behind roster wise. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, we just sort of tossed out there since there has been a lot of. Uh, talk and mentions of Dabo Swinney. I'm not saying that he is is a. A, a 
you know, for sure candidate for the Auburn job, but just it was a what if. If he were interested, how would you feel as an Auburn fan? We've talked a lot of Kiffin and a lot of Freeze, and now, you know, Dabo and to to an extent Urban Meyer as sort of wild cards in the mix, I think, that uh, are are fascinating. You know, right now, I don't don't know. I wonder additions to who could you just rule out? I think I think Nick Saban, you could probably well, I, rule you know, out. I, but I mean if you're John Cohen, why not why not gauge the interest of every coach in the top twenty five? Right. And, or and I mean you know the rumor the rumor I put out there earlier this week because I wanted to contribute, you know, I wanted to throw a log on the old rumor fire. Uh you know, I I've heard there would be significant pushback to Deion Sanders from people who give a lot of money to the university. That mm-hmm. was sort of what I was told from folks I trust about the situation. Uh, but other than that, no, I haven't. I mean, I, I think it's tough to rule out or even, uh, you know, or, or even, you know, so it, it's like th- this is all, this is a list of speculation. So We're reading so, tea leaves and looking oh, yeah. at smokestacks. And, so, and, so don't get too caught up. My, my point is don't get too caught up in our conversations about Dabo. It's just a fun what if. But I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if I heard that Auburn and had had conversations with Luke Fickle I, and Dave Clawson and Jamie Ch- uh, Chadwell and all those guys. And I mean, people, why not? When people ask, well, what, what would change, what has changed in a couple of years that would make Dabo even consider leaving? I think it's the economics of the conferences. Yep. Like that's what it keeps coming back to is if you're if you're in the ACC or the Pac-12 right now or the Big 12, you know, you're you're not on equal footing with Big 10 and SEC programs moving forward. You might be there right now, but there there's going to be a gap. Mm-hmm. And you know, the question is can you can you jump, you know, with your program, can you jump into the SEC or the Big 10 or without your program? Can you individually jump? Into the SEC or the Big Ten somewhere at a place that would that might, would that might would, be easier to jump as a coach than jump as a program. That's that's, that's what I'm thinking because yep. I don't know if the SEC or the Big Ten uh, are in the mood to split the money and add more oh, teams either. Brett, right. sorry about that. Please yeah, call yeah. back if you get the Dan chance wouldn't for stop. We were well, about I, to get to Brett, wanted, so Brett, call to, back. I wanted to I make the point clear about uh, about Dabo Swinney because people have been asking, well, why would Dabo make that kind of move? And so I want to uh, yeah, I want, wanted to clear that up if if, if we can. All right, that's not Brett calling back, is it? All right, so we'll move on. Jerry is up next. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to mention that in 4A playoffs that Hanley was playing Montgomery Catholic this weekend. Oh yeah, it it is it is uh, really get getting down to it in all all the levels. Yeah, we're going to talk with Scott Bagwell tomorrow about Auburn and Central, right? That is right. That's a that's a big one Friday Lee night. Scott Central playing Phoenix for City. the state title. Lee Scott's in the state title game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, both of them are critical. Oh yes. So I'm I'm anxious to see. You know, we have Jay Haynes as a running back, and I guess. Is it Cobb that's committed? Yeah, to yeah. Jeremiah Cobb, right? So, yeah, he had a huge game last week. That'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah, that will be. What a, what a what a great showdown that'll be. Yeah, is is that going to be at Cranston Bowl? I believe so. I can I can I can double check. Uh, I, I I'll look on here and uh, see if I can find out. You know, I don't know. It may just be at MA. I would think. Yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. Yeah, it should be at M.A. Okay, that's all I had. Appreciate it, Jerry. 334-321-1390. Big, big one in, uh, is it 6A? I know it's at uh, Homeland and, uh, it, it's Homewood and Saraland. 
uh, next week uh, as or Friday as well. I know I was, I was tracking Pike Road uh, and their and their march through the playoffs. They got bounced uh, by Homewood, uh, but those are those are two of the better teams in the state at the six A level that are going to face off uh, this week with a uh, with, with with a trip uh, to the uh, to the final four on the line or the uh, trip to the state title game. Trip to the yeah, that's right. We were in the final four, so yeah, trip to the state title game for, right. the, uh, for the for the winner. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety and Robert is up next. Hey Robert. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Doing fine. Listen, uh, I had to stop listening for about 30 or 40 minutes, and I don't know if anybody's called and asked this particular question. First off, to preface this, I, I like Clemson. I, I like Dabo. My wife's grandfather graduated from Clemson, so we've been following Clemson a good bit. Mm-hmm. But doesn't uh, Dabo not do very much of the portal? He hasn't, but then they really haven't had to because they have, uh, again, they've been a consistent top five recruiting team year in and year out. I know he he hadn't been a fan of it. He was critical of it, didn't really like it. But uh, like we were we were talking a few minutes ago, if you want to stay um, viable these days, you surely can't ignore it. You better take advantage if, uh, you know, if you see a hole in your roster. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, I, I think he's done great as far as regular recruiting and, and taking high school kids and really – Coaching them, and that's something we haven't done in the last few years. Is coaching the young ones up and getting them ready to play. And you know, he may he may just be the, our our answer. I don't know. Well, he certainly he certainly gets the players too. Like that's the thing to me is that despite all of his talk publicly about NIL and the transfer portal, and they did not. I, I don't know if Clemson added anybody in the transfer portal this past season, but they've recruited extremely well, even as NIL has has become mm-hmm. a larger and larger aspect of talent acquisition in college football, which makes me think even if Dabo himself, you know, would prefer things the way it used to be, it hasn't stopped talent from accumulating at Clemson. And I have a feeling those guys aren't starving. You know what I mean? Like those guys are still getting theirs in NIL. And I imagine that anywhere Dabo Swinney, if he wants to continue being a factor in major college football, uh, he's, he's going to, uh, you know, anywhere he coaches is going to have an NIL operation uh, that's, uh, that's helping him land the best possible players. Well, one thing, too, is he doesn't have a lot of players entering the portal. That's right. Which would also tell you that, that maybe NIL opportunities aren't lacking at Clemson because if they were, uh, you, you have a feeling there'd be you know, some, some more defections from that roster elsewhere. But you know what? We we don't have a clue, do we? We don't. We don't. <laughs> no, don't, you're right. And that's actually, you know, something. I, something. I uh, appreciate that. The, well, no, but the mansion, the mansion Tuberville sort of push in Congress to regulate NIL would want these sort of things disclosed. So there's not this untoward, you know, uh, speculation. So, you know, thinking back to the stuff that set off Jimbo Fisher in the off season, right? People, you know, wondering about how much money Texas A and M was paying their recruits and wondering about what I, what NIL operations are out there. I think for a lot of coaches, it would it would improve uh, their their reputations and and be better for everyone if it was a clear picture of this sort yeah. of thing, so that so that you didn't wonder, you know, what what kind of uh, what kind of NIL operations some schools had to land all their talent. Well, see, I, I hate to have a, a cloud over it because, you know, what is this good doing? What is this good doing? And, and nobody tells mm-hmm. anybody what's going on. So there's a, you know, what are they doing? Are they doing it the right way? You know, I wish it was to where you could see how much each uh, player or each school is uh, paying their players. 
No, there's there are benefits, and it was um, it, it's it's in the in the release that the the two senators uh, put out. There are there are benefits to sort of public disclosure of these things with this sort of industry because it would also tell you if one school's paying a lot more than market value than everybody else, if that's inducements or something else that needs to be scrutinized by the uh, by the appropriate figures. Yeah, it just it feels like regulations coming because yeah, like like the like you just said, you know, some of it's uh you know, the, the speculation uh, can can taint reputations and you know, sort of sort of mar the accomplishments of some of these coaches. Yeah, I, I think it'll be full full uh close, you know, but everybody knows exactly what's going on. Listen, I got I know y'all got guys hanging on. I appreciate taking my call. Hey, thanks for the call, Robert. 334-321-1390. And, and yeah, the, the, the Hanley Catholic game is at Catholic. Okay. I mean, uh, so yeah, it's, it's over in Montgomery. It's, you, know, you get to play at your home stadium if you have one, and they do. So that's where the ball game, uh, will be. Big game Friday night on Wings 94-3. Oh, doesn't, doesn't get a whole lot bigger. The state championship game is coming up, but, uh, yeah. Auburn and Central playing one more time again. It seems like every year they're playing for the right to go to the state championship game. It's back over in Phoenix City where uh, uh, Central jumped on Auburn early and, uh, and, and, and really Auburn, you know, couldn't come all the way back. We'll, uh, we'll see. Again, we'll talk with Scott Bagwell tomorrow about that matchup and more. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in as we wind it down here on the Wednesday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of the Wednesday Drive. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell for being with us for most of our number one. Some great stuff from Jason, as as always. Yeah, th- third segment, Jason's third one. I mean, we talked some basketball on the yeah. show and, and got some some recaps of that that Saturday night uh, at Jordan-Hare Stadium earlier, and, and you should check out the whole hour. Uh, but the, uh, the third segment, Jason gave us some thoughts on Kiffin, and Freeze and Dabo and Urban Meyer, among the other stuff that he's sort of viewing in this coaching search. I know some great stuff from, from Jason Caldwell. So if you get a chance, check out the podcast. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform or go to, uh, AU or go to Auburn, uh, go to ESPNAU.com. And uh, and check out the podcast center in the uh, in the in the Auburn Network uh, podcast uh, home there. So that's all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And and yeah, check out the first hour of today. We'll check out the whole show, but the first hour, Jason Caldwell was with us, and and he was sensational. Uh, yeah, and uh, we appreciate all the calls today. A a, a fun show again. Uh, Auburn and Western Kentucky, Dan. It doesn't seem like there's much concern by anyone. I'm not talking about the team, but uh, from from Auburn fans about Western Kentucky after the win over Texas A&M last week, and well, I would say you just hold on a little. No, bit. it's like I it's. Mean, I mean, it's like a tenth conference game. I mean, Auburn, this is this is a team that's considerably better than the two out of the two non Power Five teams that Auburn played, the FCS opponent on opening day, and then San Jose State a week later. Uh, this is a um, this is a team that. 
I think would would have would have played Missouri real close. Yeah, may, you, may, you, I mean, did you maybe. hear some of the? I didn't realize. I, I realized that they. I mean, they've been putting up a lot of points. I didn't realize some of the defensive things that Jason Caldwell was talking about today. That they lead the nation in turnovers forced. You hear that, Auburn fans? Has has Auburn turned the ball over? Oh yes. Auburn has no, and, and the and the offensive stats, you know, especially what they've been able to do in conference, are, are really eye popping as well. They've got a guy, <laughs> by the way, he's an eight five zero kid, like Jason mentioned, former West Florida quarterback yep. from uh, from Argos, man, the yeah, Argos, yeah, for, former, yeah, former Argo, who's uh, originally from St. Augustine Beach. Austin Reed is the quarterback. He's got thirty one touchdowns. He was, I mean, he was listed by a lot of people as one of the top. Transfer quarterbacks available in the offseason, and he ended up at Western. He's completing seventy percent of his passes, which would you know make make sense that he's you know he he was that kind of quarterback that could make that impact. And he's by the way, you would understand why a quarterback in Austin Reed's situation would look at what Bailey Zapp did Mm -hmm. in one year and how it turned him from an obscure small school quarterback into a guy that some people think should be starting for the New England Patriots instead of Mac Jones. And and you would understand why Austin Reed would potentially want to join an offense like that. And the uh, the running game has been impressive at times, too. Two of their top three rushers are averaging over seven yards a a carry, even though they don't run the ball very much compared compared to how often Austin Reed throws the ball. This is a it's a dangerous offense that Auburn needs to be ready to try to bottle up. And when Auburn has the ball, you know, this is maybe a strategy. This is this is a game where you would think about ball control, running the football. Right. Boy, and, you can. You and, definitely. And limiting the number of opportunities that, that Western Kentucky gets with the football. And, uh, I mean, like I said, I think they're going to come in pretty loose. Um, I mean, even though Auburn's just a five, five-and-a-half-point favorite, a lot of people aren't. Really thinking of this as, as uh, you know, much of a, a big contest to watch. They'll come in ready to play loose. Auburn had better not be thinking about Alabama or, or you know, they they could lose this ball game. Oh, I don't even think it's about looking ahead. I think it's, I mean, if, if Auburn <laughs> plays Western Kentucky straight up and the defense doesn't have a good day, uh, Western Kentucky could keep this game very close. If Auburn had faced this team instead of one of the other non-Power 5 opponents earlier in the season. Like, mindset's part of it. But mm-hmm. part of it is that Western Kentucky's one of the better they're not group. not bad. Yeah, they're yeah, one they're of the better group bad. of five programs.